This is the Unstoppable Podcast, where we are dedicated to bringing you comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God. We hope this podcast will encourage, equip, and empower you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits. As you realize your potential, you will join a dynamic group of passionate people who are actively bringing the unstoppable power of heaven into the darkest places on earth. Here is your host, Justin Self. All right, so today we have Annie of Sunroom Coffee. Hi, Annie. Thank you for being here. Yeah, hi, Justin. Thanks (laughs) for having me. This is amazing. Okay, so we've been talking about this for a long time. And here yes. we are. We're doing it. We are doing it. Yeah. I'm really hyped up on the coffee right now. I'm uh, ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I may or may not have made uh, a coffee for I you. I have four drinks right here, Justin. <laughs> that is something else. Well, it's a little intimidating because you're, you know, the manager <laughs> and the kind of the spearhead of this coffee shop. Yeah, I'm kind of judging your coffee to me right now. That's fine. That's <laughs> Kidding? fine. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out there. What, what do you think of it? <laughs> <laughs> you know... <laughs> There's room for improvement, Thank you. but it's pretty good. Thank you. I like the latte art you did. It's it kind of looks like a little dragon. <laughs> a dragon. Hey. Yeah, I kind of saw it at the beginning, but now it's kind of foamy and not as much. Yeah. That way. So would you believe me if I told you I was trying to make a dragon, or it's just probably not. <laughs> no, no. It's like looking at you. Cl- leave it out, up to your own interpretation, right? Yeah. I literally yeah. just poured, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's see what she thinks. No, thank you. I'm really excited because Sunroom is amazing, and I've had a really good experience with Sunroom, mm-hmm. and I know we've talked so many times, and so. I'm really excited to just hear your heart and hear your passion and hear your your thoughts behind Sunroom, but also just you as a person, as, as a leader and as a person who's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of pursuing your dreams and doing things. But also you're, you're such an encourager of people mm-hmm. and you, you do bring light and, and brightness to everyone around you. I know it, it almost sounds cliche maybe, but like <laughs> Sunroom, you know, yeah. but you, you, you are, uh, there's a reason why Sunroom is named the way it is, I think, because like mm-hmm. you do bring passion and leadership and love and kindness to everyone around you so and i can feel that when i go into that shop so yeah i I, i'm excited i'm excited about this yeah i'm excited too yeah tell me a little bit about sunroom and how it got started okay so sunroom was started about two years ago january 7th 2011 is when we started up the shop it was a long process going into it i two years before sunroom opened up had visited this coffee shop out in mammoth And it was a coffee shop that supported local missionaries in the area. And I just was really enthusiastic about that. And I was like, wow, that is such a cool idea. I've never seen that concept before and that business model. And there was a space on our church campus back in Atascadero, California, that was vacant. And it used to be the station where kids would come at lunchtime and hang out, have a cup of noodles. And it had been closed down for two years, but it was a big space in front of the church. And I was just so passionate being like, wow, this could be what I saw out in Mammoth, but kind of magnified. And so I started kind of brainstorming the ideas with people. And I have a dad who has been in business for years. So I kind of started to pick his mind on things. And then I made a whole PowerPoint presentation of what I wanted Sunroom to be, like the colors of Sunroom and the concept or mission, the values that I wanted to implement there. And I presented it to a board of deacons at the church and then a bunch of other business partners. And they gave me the green light to go for it. I don't think I knew how hard it would be (laughs) going into it. They gave me $7,500 as my budget. And for a coffee shop, that is a very small amount of money. But with the help of incredible volunteers and friends and just people that just like supported the community and wanted to see the community 
become more of an outreach spot, just jumped on the vision with me. And every single Sunday for months, we would get a team of 20 to 30 friends in there, including family members. And we would just paint the walls and we went thrift store shopping and kind of redesigned the whole interior side of it. And then slowly we built a stage in there and just made it kind of more of a community effort space. So I saw that in your notes. Yes. And so I did I did some research online real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and here's what it says. If you say, what does it cost to start a coffee shop? Yes. And I'm looking right here. It says the average cost is with seating, of course, oh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. which is what you have, between eighty and three hundred thousand oh, dollars. <laughs> and you start out with 7500 7, as in 7500. Yes. You're missing a zero. <laughs> you know, know that, right? Yes, I know. That's so cool. I remember you told me about that in the beginning and I'm like, "What?" Like I Yeah, it honestly I didn't think it would be possible, but there was a really close friend of mine who was an interior designer and decorator okay. and she loves thrift store shopping and Facebook Marketplace and wow. all of those cool resources. And so she was like, "Hey, can I help you with the interior side of things?" and really kind of took charge of that and then would hire on like friends that would go with her thrift store shopping and found a bunch of furniture and we just painted over all the furniture like white and kept it more clean the space looking and then kind of just built from there yeah because mm-hmm. i when i started coming to the sunroom um yeah. it was because caleb goes to school as mm-hmm. you know right there and you were actually his teacher yes i was that was so funny <laughs> he was the greatest <laughs> little goofball yeah yeah totally i just remember when i think you and yeah you and josh came over for dinner once and caleb was like who's coming over mrs McEwen? yeah you know? totally or yeah. something like that yeah. you know and it was just kind of funny. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, so I started coming in there and I, I think I came in pretty early mm-hmm, in the process, but I thought it had been there forever. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. like when I rolled in, I was like, wow, how did I miss this? Like, mm-hmm. I've never seen this place before, yeah. but it obviously is well established. And that was sure. what was going through my brain is like, obviously this place has been around for a while. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Like, mm-hmm. this is well established. I just must have not been looking in this direction, driving by every day. So I've, that's what I felt when I first came mm-hmm. in is that it had already been really well done. So yeah, thank you. I love it. <laughs> yes. It's been really fun. And then when we started talking and we get, you know, I guess I started coming in more and talking to you and your volunteers and started finding out yeah. about missions. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I was like, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. That's been really cool with Sunroom. Not like only was it just a coffee shop. It was a way to reach out to the community. Yeah. So every two months, 30 percent of our profits goes towards different charities in the area. So yeah. we started with Special Olympics. And then from there, we moved to the Echo Shelter, like a homeless shelter in town. And then the food pantry, a Tascadero Loaves and Fishes, and just started to like every two months, just donate our money to those important causes. So that's been really fun. And it really empowers like the volunteers because they believe in the vision and they also want to support the outreach as well. How many volunteers do you have right now? I have, oh man, um, about 70 to 80. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. That is an incredibly high number. Yes. It seems. Yes. You know. It is a big number. They're all incredible. I think what I love about our volunteers more than anything is the age spectrum. Yeah. So we have middle schoolers. We have actually five middle schoolers working there now. It was so funny training them. I was like, I don't know what this is going <laughs> to oh, look <man>. like. <laughs> For real. But they're amazing. And then we have people in their 70s and 80s working there too. So the age spectrum has been just so fun. And so just cool to see that that middle schooler is going to attract a yeah. totally different population yeah. of people than that older person is going to attract. So it really creates such a diverse, like yeah. inclusive community. Yeah. I love that about it. And all of the volunteers had a whole interview process. Like I wanted to equip them and prepare them for even the middle schoolers for like in your future, you're going to have job interviews and you're probably going to get the job right now because it's volunteer. 
but I want to give you scenario-based questions and prepare you. So all the interviews were very like thought out and we went over our mission statement, our values. And then I explained to them our values of Sunroom, which I can discuss a little bit later. And then yeah, just asked them some questions and got them on board. I think the hardest part was training that sure. many people. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. I can only imagine. <laughs> yes. And also scheduling and dealing with that. Yes. And so yeah. you were, up until recently, you have been kind of doing everything, mm-hmm. managing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, you know, human yeah. resources, like yeah. barista, right? Everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that's changed. Like you're able to step back a little yes. bit? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've been able to step back. I hired on this amazing friend of mine. Her name's Chloe, and she is now the full-time manager. And so I'm still helping with the workshops and live music events, but I can kind of slowly back away and then kind of work on our social media and get our name out there a little more and then also go back to teaching mm. PE. Oh, man. Love it. Yes. I want to hear some more about that. I guess that connects with kind of what I wanted to go into next was yeah. how. To, so I know teaching is a passion for you. For sure. Um, but also all this other stuff, like it's all it's all there. What are some of the underlying passions and desires of your heart uh, that mm-hmm. you have found expression through Sunroom, but also are, I guess, maybe currently navigating, like currently finding expression for? For sure. Yeah. It's a good question. I think just when you walk in a sunroom, like my passion is just all over the walls because you'll see like surfboards that are donated from a really cool board shop in town. And then you'll see ceramic pieces from a friend. And then you'll also see splotches of paint that is from a friend that didn't do a paint job that well (laughs) at sunroom. And just a bunch of really cool just community artwork. And that was the whole reason for really Sunroom is creating that space and then also just celebrating people and their individual giftings and talents that God's given them. So just kind of really creating a space where when you walk in, you see just so much fun, like artistic, Mm -hmm. like artwork from local artists in the area. Mm -hmm. And then also just having students sell their jewelry there. Like I was at the age of five working outside selling jewelry at my dad's business in Cambria. Oh my goodness. And I remember I couldn't say my R words. So I'd be like, jewelry for sale, what's all peace? And I got so many customers <laughs> and I made what's crazy is like at the age of five, my sister and I wanted to go to New York to visit my aunt. And we raised about $1,000 in two weeks of oh selling our jewelry and were able to visit my aunt. And so I think just at a young age, I also saw just how much there's so much like I've learned so much by being in the business realm and by being like an entrepreneur at a young age. And like, how can I implement that in Sunroom and mm. create kind of young entrepreneurs as well? So just having Sunroom be a space where like people can show their artwork mm-hmm. and they just come to me, they tell me about their art and like what they want to do with it and just celebrating them in that. That's been just, it just kind of screams community sunroom. And that's like my huge heart. And then again, more than anything, that's God's heart. Like I'm one of those people that I've had a lot of friends that have been hurt by the church or, you know, they don't really know God's character fully yet, or maybe their view has been shattered by how someone treated them or something like that. And so I know God's heart is to be like, he loves everyone and he wants everyone to feel included. So that's kind of like Sunroom represents like yeah. God's heart in my head. I remember going to that skateboard workshop. Yeah. That was way fun. Yeah. I remember there was all sorts of people and all sorts of different colors and all sorts of different outfits, you know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. And <laughs> it was cool because I mean, I'm sure a lot of those people would never be rubbing shoulders with oh, each yeah. other. Oh, for sure. But there we were. Yeah. And that, you know, just messing around, borrowing paint from each other and talk, you know, I for got to know sure. people that I probably would never talk to, oh, you yeah. know, I mean, That's or never would have so, met. It's been so fun. So stuff like that is really cool. And I know yes. um, 
And even people that have led workshops, they've said that they haven't ever, like they never thought they would step foot on a mm, Christian campus. Really? Yeah. And then now they're in here leading workshops. And then Whoa. even I have friends that work at Sunroom that aren't believers. There was never a requirement to be Christian to work there because that's not what Sunroom is. It's just an open space. And so we've had a lot of people slowly actually start going to the church or even students because the high school, that's yeah. the biggest thing with Sunroom too that I didn't mention. Yeah. We have a high school right next to us and then also a private school. And uh-huh. so at lunchtime, we oh s- we sell boba there, which kids just love <laughs> they boba. They go nuts over the boba. Yes. So we get probably 30 to 40 students in there at lunchtime. And it's been such a cool avenue of just connecting yeah. with students and- yeah. Just getting them to know about the church a little more, but more than anything, just being there and yeah. being a positive influence on their yeah. lives. Because, put like after COVID, just people need a community more than ever. Yeah. So I think Sunroom has done that pretty well. And I noticed, like when I go drop off Caleb in the morning, there's students hanging out, yep. in, either in the shop or around the shop. Yeah. Or they're skater kids yeah, that yeah, are like skateboard flipping. And then I'm like, and I they can't really do that. So I'll like breed out samples of boba. And then I slowly like kind of bring them in the coffee shop. Nice. So, so you're bribing them. I am bribing them <laughs> to avoid them from getting hurt. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I know. But it's been really cool because I think... And like what I've noticed is when students would come into Sunroom, like I could see like, okay, that's a skater group for sure. That's like the more like artistic kind of group. And that's why like the workshops are really Mm -hmm. designed to reach everyone. Mm -hmm. So we've done skateboard workshops. We've done ceramic pottery workshops. We've done sea glass jewelry, wire wrapping workshops. And then we've done like photography workshops Mm -hmm. and just a bunch of different ones to really reach like everyone's individual like talents. That's cool. Yeah. Now, are you guys doing anything? With, now, is, is Echo the place that's across the street? It is, yeah. And so is that kind of one of the groups that you partner with on a... Yeah, so we've put our profits. So every two yeah. months, like I said, okay. 30% of our profits go towards... We rotate through different charities. We started with Echo. No, we started with Special Olympics, mm-hmm. but then we moved over to Echo. But then also we did a recent workshop that was a sea glass wire ma- wrapping workshop. And then in that, we taught kids how to drill holes in sea glass, which is also kind of terrifying because I... <laughs> I was like, I'd rather like have it drilled in my hand and not your hand. So I was like holding their hands as I was teaching them how to drill. And then they drilled sea glass and then they each made two necklaces. Cool. Um, And one necklace went to the Echo Shelter and one necklace they got to take home. Oh, that's awesome. And then they got to write a letter to... Um, the per one of the people at the Echo Shelter as nice. well. Nice, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, that's so mm-hmm. cool. So that's been really fun. So we've definitely partnered up with them a couple times. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. I love how your your heart is partnering with not just international missions. Yeah, but also local missions for sure. Mm-hmm. I know for me, my heart is very much towards missions in general. But yeah. I, I've Personally, I find it easier to get excited about international missions, maybe, because mm. to me, there's just, it's more exotic, there's more adventure, sure. you know, all that kind of stuff. And so sometimes I feel like we can trump up international missions to the, which is fine, but to the exclusion of local missions. And I, I feel I feel like for me yeah. personally, that's somewhere I want to be careful with is like, there's people right here in our neighborhood and we're doing things and we want to, I want to be sowing seed into them. Yeah. And, I and think being part I of learned that. that a lot. Like when I lived in Taiwan for like a summer, because I was only, I think 20 at the time. And I went with like two leaders and then just one other girl and we were on the sports team. 
And then they didn't really give us any direction, honestly. Like we were just kind of thrown into Taiwan and we it was a mission trip and we were we were a sports program. But like the first week we were literally just laying in the hotel with air conditioning pretty much. And I was like, I feel like this isn't doesn't this doesn't feel like a mission yeah. to me. Yeah. And then I remember like talking to this older man there that was also partnering up with the other missionaries. And I, I told it was kind of frustrated. I'm like, I feel like I should be doing more I'm just sitting in a hotel room like and he said let's go find mission like here and so slowly every morning we would just wake up at 5 a.m and go to the local markets and we got to know so many of the people selling fruit and vegetables there and then we started picking up trash with the locals and just just found mission right there and that was the coolest part is the two people actually leading the trip by the end of the three no the I don't know two months of being there they communicated with me like we are so happy that you found mission on your own because in reality we are planners and we wanted to give you guys a full itinerary of what to do every single day. Mm -hmm. And it was so hard for us not to, but the reason why we did that is because we wanted you guys to realize like you can be your own missionaries in a local spot. You don't have to like go somewhere far. You can find it in your community. That's so good. And so I think Sunroom has been like, if it wasn't for those opportunities, I don't think I could have seen like how much you could help people just right around you. I love that. Yeah. For me, when I go on overseas mission trips, okay. it's, I think I went through something similar. Yeah. Because it's like, you go over there and then you, you start looking around and you're like, wait a minute, it looks different, but there's still people going to work. <laughs> you know, there's still supermarkets and, you totally. know, there's still traffic. Like, it's the same thing. For sure. And so. And that's something Josh and I have talked about is just mission in general. Like, it shouldn't be that you go to a foreign country and you just like go in there like being like, I'm going to change this community and I'm going to like be there for two weeks and then leave Yeah. as opposed to like, I'm going to integrate like just new steps into their life to make it easier for them. And so when I'm back, they can still continue to like move forward as opposed to just like leaving and then bringing all of your tools with you. And you're like, bye. Like Like this one hit wonder. Yeah. You know? So I think that's something that's so powerful about missions, but kind of re- framing it in a way where it's like you're not just stopping, you mm-hmm. know, them from their yeah. creation and moving forward. Okay, so speaking of creation and, and mission and all this, yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about Sunroom's mission? Because I know yeah. the word create is in the values. Yes. So so let's, why don't you tell us about the mission of, of Sunroom and then also your, your core yeah, values? Yeah, so we're a nonprofit organization linked to a church. That's goal is to create an environment where everyone feels comfortable, but also being outreach to the community. So mm-hmm. that's kind of our key mission. And then that was discussed, you know, again, with every volunteer that was hired. And then um, there's four values that kind of go underneath that, which is create like crazy, uh, discover what you can do, love thy neighbor, and I'm trying to remember, be light. So those were the four. And then create like crazy is just we want it to be fun. Like that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing is like just your talents. Like you want it to be something exciting and empowering to that person. So for example, we'll make drinks at Sunroom where it's all oh, like one of the volunteers will come up with a really funky drink and it's the Luke special for the week, you okay. know, and just trying to like yeah. create that fun. And then also when it comes to like discover what you can do, the other value, it's kind of goes hand in hand with create like crazy but it's let's lead workshops together. Let's find people in the community that have artistic giftings that could be expressed better or like shared with other people. So discover what you can do. We really want it to be a place where people discover their giftings Mm -hmm. and can share that with other people and inspire them and their own giftings. So that's kind of really important. Love thy neighbor. That's just 
just such a good principle no mm-hmm. matter what, where I told them that it's so important to love the people beyond the counter for sure, like our customers, but honestly just as important as the people that you're working with behind the counter because they're going to see that. Like the customers that come in, if there's some drama or anything or not even a positive energy, like yeah. they're not going to want to come back. So like who you are behind the counter shapes the environment of the coffee shop. Yeah. That was just really like being loving to one another. That's so important. And then just be light. We want to show God's love, you know, and show God's light. And so the way to do that is when it, just a customer comes in, they are the only person that matters at that time. You are wanting to like just focus in on them and just be kind and inviting because again, that'll just create such a better atmosphere. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Tell me about these making it fun bullet points here. What's this leftover <laughs> mystery cup stuff? What's this about? We have so many weird things what that is we do this? a sunroom. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know I... what any of these are. Okay, so if you go to our Instagram, it's so funny. We have like this whole highlight reel that's just fun in the sun. Okay. And it's all of the funky things we've done at Sunroom. Okay. But one of them is, okay, so mystery cup. That was just kind of gross. We did that for... <laughs> oh. <laughs> but then I was like, someone could get sick from that. Oh my gosh. But we did that the first like probably half a year of sunroom oh dear. where throughout the day we make a lot of blended drinks but then there's leftover parts of the blended drinks and so we had a mystery cup and we would just pour all of the leftover oh, parts no. into the drink oh, and then fun. we would do a competition some like silly competition whoever lost the competition had to drink from the mystery cup oh. and they had to like drink all of it oh no <laughs> and Honestly, it was really fun. But then what ended up happening is usually I was the one to close down the shop. So I was the one that usually had to drink the mystery oh, cup. And yuck. I was like, I don't think I want to do this. <laughs> Who thought of this idea? I know, right? So that was the mystery cup. That was fun. We've done Bobo, um, Boba, Bobo, Bobo. Um, <laughs> Boba ball shots. And that's where you just stick, you know, the Boba in the straw. And then we have a target. Oh. And we try to aim it at the target. That kind of shots. Yes. I thought like you were taking shots of Boba. Oh, we've done that Boba. too. We've okay. definitely taken lots of shots of boba okay but we've also just spit boba athletes <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> so that was another one okay. probably not the most sanitary we've done fashion shows when when it's really slow at sunroom <laughs> okay <laughs> we have this booth that's funky fine so uh-huh. that's another local artist yeah. she brings all of her thrift store clothes or like really beautiful clothing and then we're like we're gonna showcase her stuff and so we would change into her like cute clothes and then we do fashion shows and play the most wild music but then one time a customer did come in and we're like all distressed very funky and we're like hello we usually don't dress like this (laughs) Um, welcome to sunroom yeah but that's been really fun i think easter egg hunts so during easter that's really fun we hide easter eggs throughout the community and we Mm. write in the easter egg being like free drink at sunroom if you find if you found this nice Um, um, so we just try to implement a lot of fun, kind of different things. We do taste tests Thursdays. So on Thursdays, we get a bunch of samples out there for the students that walk by at lunchtime and pass it out. And it's always kind of weirder drinks because I feel like students like the sugary kind of oh, yeah. fun drinks. So we do that a lot too. One other really fun kind of weird thing we do at Sunroom that the bands love. So we have live music quite yeah, often yeah. at Sunroom and we've got some bands just almost every month from all on the coast performing there. They get to come up with their own band drink. Okay. And they will tell me like what they want it to be and then I will create it. Nice. There was one band. <laughs> Hear this out. It was so gross. Oh no. It was, they asked for green tea and coffee. Okay. Just mixed together okay. with honey. Okay. And it was just so bad. Like I try on my guys, like I can't yeah. do this. Yeah. Like I wanted to be actually a good, yeah. you know, selling point to customers, not have it be that. And they wanted to call it trash milk. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, trash milk. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, that's really going to sell. Um, so we like recreated it into something really, really actually good. Okay. And it worked out. But it was, um, so it's really fun though, because we just get bands that they also get excited because it's like something that's different and fun. Yeah. And we create like a whole flyer about their drink. We post oh about it. Oh my gosh, it. yeah. Um, but our favorite is probably the Honey Boy drink. Okay. A lot of kids still buy that one. And that's espresso, matcha, uh-huh. and honey all mixed together and shaken over ice and um, topped with like boba. Nice. Um, so okay. people really like that. But that's always, that's really fun That's too. so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you do talent shows. We do, <laughs> you do all sorts shows. of crazy stuff. Yeah, you stuff. guys were the talent oh, show. We did. Yeah, that Chloe, was way that fun. was awesome. So that was Chloe's first time doing a workshop on her own, and she did such a she good did job. such a good she job. Did such yeah, such a good job. Yeah, so um, that's really fun. We want to do more talent shows for sure. That was fun. Yeah, it was awesome. Really good turnout and fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. Yeah, and I think my heart too with that is just. It's a way to keep volunteers there, too, because they are putting in two hours a week individually to work at Sunroom. And they have many other things they could be doing, but creating that space of just fun. And like when you come to Sunroom, we're going to have a good time. Like that's so huge for me because it really gets volunteers excited and Mm -hmm. makes them want to like be a part of it and stay and just laugh together. Because at the beginning, a lot of them didn't know each other. And having fun, like people just bond over just laughing together and being goofy. So that's been really cool. Well, you told me a little bit about your team meetings. That yes. sounds like more like a party zone it or something like a than party. a team. <laughs> so tell me, I just I love okay. So I love how you you say that you you kind of started out with like this business background, sort of as a kid, but yes. like you you didn't go to school I didn't for go business. To school for business, but no. like here you are and like you're yes. leading people and you're mm-hmm. doing business. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. How does that? I guess how does that go into your team meetings? Beforehand, I really like to plan it out. Very like methodical. Like I'm one of those people that. I'm such a nerd. I love planning. I love all of that. So I'll kind of just be thinking like, okay, what what season are we going through right now? And just I'm there quite a bit. Like I was there every day. So just watching volunteers and kind of like, okay, like what do you, I think they need? How can I make this a more fun time for them? So a lot of the time, one of the answers to that is just – drink competitions. So at Sunroom on the team meeting, we'll have, like we've done sushi nights, Mm. which I spent way too much money on sushi (laughs) night. I was like, maybe I should. And we got way too much sushi, but we'll do like sushi night. We've done a vegan restaurant night. So we try to do different food than just pizza, you know, just Mm -hmm. trying to keep it a little different. And then usually the structure of a meeting is I'll just go over just upcoming events or just a need for maybe more workshops, more ideas. And so I really create the space of, hey, I want to hear from you guys. What do you want Sunroom to be? Like, what do you think we could improve on? Feedback points and like share wins with each other. The wins are always really fun to hear. So we start off the meeting just eating, sharing wins and feedback points. And then we move into kind of more like practical logistical stuff and like just sharing stats of like, oh, we increased like this much this past month than last year, you know, so kind of sharing that to get them excited. And then we'll do a drink competition where every single like new season, we have a new seasonal drink or even with the kickstart of the school year, we're going to have a new fun incoming school year drink. So we'll all partner up like teams of three or four and they have 10 minutes Hmm. to create the best drink. And I usually get more ingredients so they can make it a little more fun and festive. So they'll do that. They'll divide up into teams of four. They come up with a drink name, all the ingredients in the drink. And then we have a 10 minute timer going and we have crazy music playing that's really suspenseful and intense. At the end, we all like taste test it and we vote on the best taste and then also the most aesthetically pleasing 
the one that won this time around. We just had a team meeting two nights ago. Hmm. It's Bus and Boba. Okay. Um, because it's like bus, you know, bus and boba, sure. you know, for sure. incoming yeah, school. Yeah, totally. And it's mango, peach, and white chocolate blended together hey. on top of like mango popping boba. Okay. And it's very sweet. I think more of the students will like that one. But then there's a blended maple spice chai that's really good. Mm. So I might serve that too. Nice. So we do that and then we always finish with a team photo. And it's been so cool to see how much we've grown in volunteers because each team photo, there's more and more people. So that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I know some of our listeners are not, not, I should say not all of our listeners are business people, but a lot of them yeah. are and people, and I know we've talked on the podcast about business stuff before. So I, yeah. I think this is really cool that you're yeah. sharing some of this, Yeah, totally. um, especially that, you know, you didn't go out and get this business degree, like you're yeah. not an MBA or mm-hmm. anything, but like you are just doing it. You're doing yes what you're passionate about mm-hmm. and it's working, Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's, it's making an impact on the community. So I love that. Thanks. So I, I do want to hear more about you, like you personally, what are your, yeah. what are your goals right now? And then I guess this is the, the cliche question, where do you see yourself in five years? But the yeah. reason I'm interested in those things is because I, again, this podcast is all, I mean, our podcast Unstoppable is all about getting, you know, teaching the word of God, but also empowering people yeah. and encouraging people to go after totally. what God's called them to do. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people that I think are missing their calling, honestly, because they think it looks like, I don't know, looks like something that it's not. Like they think maybe it looks like, oh, I have to be a pastor or I have to be a youth leader or I have to write books or I have to preach in front of a thousand people to make to make an impact on the world. But in reality, I'm trying to encourage people that, hey, if you have a passion, if you have something on the inside of your heart and, you know, you're talking to God about it and he gives you... I've, I've said this before. He's giving you a green light. He's oh, always yeah. giving you a green light. It's up to you to figure, you know, to, to step into it. And then he'll give you the red light if That's you if so you step true. out of that. But, I totally agree but, with you. But yeah. don't, don't sit around and wait, mm-hmm. you know, for, for all the stars to align because it's never going to happen. Oh, so sure. I want to hear a bit yeah, about your story totally, in that realm. Yeah, I'm so glad yeah, that was a good question. I'm like, honestly really like I go to school and I have a plan and that's what I want to do so it was really hard for me because I was at Cal Poly for kinesiology um yeah you're at Cal Poly Poly. (laughs) Um, yes I was at I was kinesiology studying exercise science and then right after that I was getting my teacher credential and teaching PE and then I was actually working at a private school where I met your son um so I was teaching PE there and then that was hard for me because I saw the space open for Sunroom and I was so excited about the opportunity. But to wrap my head around going kind of off track mm-hmm. when I have only ever thought like I was going to be a PE teacher yeah. and personal trainer, that was super hard for me. And I had a lot of like pushback from, you know, some family members that mm-hmm. were just questioning like, what are you doing, you know? But luckily, like Josh, you know, my husband, he was just so supportive and encouraging. And we just prayed into it a lot together as a couple. And I think we just both saw there's really not a there's never the right time to start up something big. Right. And then also, like, eventually we'll have kids, we'll have a family, and, like, this could be a really cool opportunity to just to go for it. I think more than anything, like, there was still reservation until I started seeing everyone believe in it, too. Mm. At first, it just started kind of me, and then it kind of just continued to, like, be more and more people. And then on Sundays, having 30 to 40 friends in there that were just volunteering and just helping out for free— I think that just was like, wow, like this is like what Sunroom could be and the potential of it. So I think that motivated me a lot along. But there was a lot of, you know, of course, hardships in it. But I think 
like you were saying in ways like it's like once every once one door closed another door would open and it just kept being like that where I would be so defeated and I was like I don't think I can keep going because I didn't mention this but a month before Sunroom opened I lost my whole team I started Mm. with a team of five because of they just got busy you know and their lives and other things happened and so they had to step aside and so a week before the Sunroom's grand opening I was alone like I didn't have any team members and I was in the process of probably interviewing and training like 30 people um, (laughs) at that time so those moments were just so defeating and hard but again like there was always a glimpse of something or a customer that would come in or someone be like what's Mm going to be happening here soon and like I would tell them they're like wow like we are so excited so there was like all those little like kind of pieces of light that kept it going and then the night before the grand opening for Sunroom I just sat like on the floor in Sunroom and just prayed over it and I was like, God, like this has been like the hardest thing, you know, I really have ever done. I've been so challenged and like broken down, and, like rebuilt up again. I just really, really pray for this. And I pray not for it to be something that I want it to be. It's for something that you see and you want it to be. And it's just, and then I felt so much peace. Like I was kind of like, okay, I can do this if I have God on my team and like I can do anything. So that was just so encouraging. And then just, yeah, Sunroom happened and it just was awesome. And I think the next steps for me, I would love to be more like a consultant for people that are going to be starting up coffee shops. I've already met up like the past probably month with three different mm-hmm. coffee shop starter uppers and getting involved and just helping them and giving them tools. But then at the same time, I do want to go back to teaching, but I could see myself way down the line starting up a coffee shop again. That's like more along the coast because okay. I love the beach yeah. uh, doing something more like that. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. I love that. When Jenny and I moved down here, Mm -hmm. it mirrors what you're saying as far as like we had this huge, crazy vision. We knew it was from the Lord. We heard his voice. So we knew what we were doing. And so we're like, okay, we have the green light, you know? Yeah. And then again, like like your story, you had all this opposition or Mm -hmm. all this negative, all this Mm -hmm. stuff kind of saying it's not going to work. It's not going to work or whatever. But through that all, we were, same thing, like we had little pieces of light, you know, little encouraging yeah, totally. things that mm-hmm. kind of kept us going. Several things were were things that God spoke to us throughout the process in the form of, of the scripture, of the word yeah, of God, you know, he sure. speaks to us. So is there anything you can share with us about that? I don't know about that, yeah. maybe even not that during that time, but even in general, mm-hmm. was there anything that God spoke to you that really kind of rocked your world? I have like a couple of verses actually here. Yeah. Can I read them? Totally. Okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay. So there was definitely times where I had to very much call it back upon scripture because there was, yeah, periods of time where it was really, really hard being a leader to so many people at Sunroom, but then also having some resistance because in it, like we're on a church campus. So there are some things that... We had we were kind of like floating on the line of like community and then Christian right, and right. it's just kind of a weird balance, yeah. and so that was just hard. And then I couldn't bring volunteers really into that fully because I'm their leader and I didn't want to cause more stress to them. And then there was times where there was you know a middle schooler spilling milk everywhere and I was just trying to like just keep myself composed <laughs> and not be like, how have you spilled milk three times in one hour? <laughs> you know, like those kind of things where I'm like, what? <laughs> and then I think just remembering like just God's heart. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy and boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. If it 
it, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Yeah. So I think in those moments where I was like, okay, like I need to continue to love and I need to continue to be patient because yes, that's God's character, but also I am representing God to these, mm-hmm. you know, young people. Yeah. Like I'm his, I'm trying to like be that light to them. And if I'm impatient, if I'm unkind, I'm going to create some individuals that don't want to be here or they're going to see that that's okay. And I also want to show that there is resiliency. First of all, being a believer in this world, following Christ, but then also being accepting of so many people, you Mm -hmm. know, around you. So I think just continually to reminding myself to be like loving and kind and also not envying both because there were moments where it's, I kind of could get prideful where I was like, wow, I did this, you know, but I'm like, this is not within my own power that I did this, you know, so continuing to like try to stay humble in that. And then also just, I think the biggest thing was just in Psalms, it talks about rest, you know, and laying within still waters. I think I had to, for, I'm such a go-getter and such an overachiever and I think when I would get, I would get overwhelmed. I would get kind of stuck in the whirlwind of things and not focus on like the things above the whirlwind. With that, I would just get stressed out. I would get anxiety. And then I couldn't think clearly about sunroom and what it should be and what God wants it to be. And so just reminding myself, I need times of rest. And on Saturdays and Sundays, I am not going to touch anything sunroom. Like I need to like rest and have that time and that separation because I'm not going to be a good leader. I'm also not going to, center is not going to be successful if I'm like unrested. And so yeah. just continuing to go back to that first and like in Psalms just to, you know, rest and, you know, stay still. Staying still is really hard for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I can relate. Yeah, I know exactly totally. how oh. you feel. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is stillness even? But yeah. just really implementing <laughs> that in my lifestyle is not easy, but yeah. Very needed for anyone yeah. in the business realm or totally. just in life. You totally. know, so important. Especially for the go-getters. Yes. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think you're like me where it's like if you're sitting still and your feet are up, you're like, I mean, I'm being unproductive. Oh, yeah. Like I'm like, this is a waste oh, of time. Sure. Like, what am I doing? Like, yeah. You know? And so, uh, yeah, that's Learning a big to one. slow down. Very hard, but yeah. very needed. And then also just the last one is just on spiritual giftings, yeah. you know, um, because all of the volunteers are so diverse and they really do have something to bring to the table. Yeah. And again, that's like, we're all one in um, God's eyes. So just finding the individual talents together and just bringing that really to light again with like workshops and then also just with their artwork on the walls and just exploring what they can give to society and what they believe in and all that too and celebrating them in that. That was huge. This goes back to 1 Corinthians 12, 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each it is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish. So it goes on and on about that. And just... In a way, like that's definitely what I wanted Sunroom to be, just celebrating those uh, spiritual giftings that the students have and the volunteers have. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. If people want to find you on social media, uh, how do people follow you and find you and and see what's going on? Because this isn't, 
I would encourage people that aren't in the in the local area. Even, yeah, you know, for people sure. that are all over oh, the yeah. world. I mean, just check it out. Go to your Instagram and, and yeah, tell us how to get totally. there. But uh, I know you're always posting really encouraging things. Yeah. So, so we're with Sunroom Coffee. So Sunroom underscore Coffee. Okay. That's our Instagram handle. Okay. And then we have a website, sunroomcoffee.com. So you could also go there. And we're going to be starting up a TikTok soon. Oh, my goodness. Here we go. <laughs> I know. All right. I wasn't going to. I didn't really want to do it, but I think it'll be really fun. And students, so many kids are on TikTok. Yep. And honestly, that's when it'll be funny to do those weird challenges. I feel like people yeah, would love to see love them chewing down boba and all of the Shoot them stuff. out of straws. I don't yeah, know. Who knows? Yeah, the mystery Maybe. cup, you yeah. know. Yeah, mystery cup. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's where to find us. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. If you're ever in a Tascadero. California, yes. you're, that's where your physical shop is. Yep. I want to hear a little bit more about, because you, you briefly touched on this. Yes. Teaching more maybe in the future. Yeah. And our listeners don't know this, but you and I have talked so many times about yeah, this. Sure. But you you have been overseas. You mentioned Taiwan, but you've been overseas. Oh, yeah. A lot. Many, more mm-hmm. than just once. Yeah, More than sure. just three or four times. Mm-hmm. You've been, you know, um, a lot of short-term missions trips yeah. and some longer longer term. I guess what's next for you? What's what's on your heart next? And what, yeah. where are we going to find Annie? <laughs> yeah, you know, for Where sure. in the world is Annie next? Oh, man, that's such <laughs> a hard question because I feel like I have so many things I yeah. want to do. As of right now, I'm going to finish my teacher credentials. So okay. from August to December, I'll be fully credentialed to teach PE and can teach in a public school. Because before it was private, but I would rather probably teach in a public school. So I'm going that route, but I actually might be teaching in Ecuador, January or February of next year, just to kind of get a little bit of missionary experience and see if that's something that Josh and I would really want to do like far down the line. So that's something I'm pretty excited about possibly doing, but we could see ourselves like way, way down the line. Like right now, you know, Josh is a youth pastor and loving what he's doing. And I think we're supposed to be in this community right now, but we could see ourselves traveling and definitely being missionaries at some point. And it would be cool to start up a coffee shop in a foreign oh, country. So I could see myself yeah. still doing coffee, but in a different community and still the same yeah. kind of structure of Sunroom, yeah. being volunteer run and yeah, just inspiring more individuals. Yeah. So that is in the future possibly. That's cool. But for right now, personal training and teaching okay. is probably the next couple of years. Nice. Mm-hmm. Blending it all together. Yes. Um, we have some friends who actually have delivered several espresso, like high-end espresso machines all over the world yeah. and have gone and I don't know. We've, we haven't yes, talked we, about th- I think we, we have. have. We have okay. talked about it once. Well, they'll, they'll literally go in and they'll work with local teams of people, so cool. train them to be baristas, so giving them life skills, but also training them at the highest level. Like yeah. these are ultra high-end coffee machines, mm-hmm. ultra high-end training, and basically doing that, starting up these coffee ministries, really. Yeah. Because uh, these coffee shops are exactly, or similar to what you're talking about, you For know, sure. where they, oh, yeah. they serve the community. So it's possible. Like we have people that we're that are doing this all over the world. I know. It would be so fun. Yeah. It's totally I just love there. coffee. I mean, so yeah. one of the businesses at my dad's shop growing up was a coffee carriage on wheels. Okay. So at five years old, I was pulling shots of espresso. Oh my so, gosh. And then this is funny. I don't really? think I ever told you this, but if you go to our website, Sunroom Coffee, there's a photo of my sister and I at eight age five and she was eight and we're like having a coffee party and we're in like really nice elaborate clothing oh, and we're man. drinking coffee together and because my mom would throw okay these massive like really fun coffee parties for us instead of tea parties oh my goodness and we felt like the rich and famous we would dress up and we would do room service that's what my mom would call it and she would give us fake money and we would knock on the door and then we would pay her for like our coffee party and then she had this elaborate china set and all of these pastries and we would have these little coffee parties so it was always ingrained in me that just 
it's not so much, yes, the taste of coffee, but it's the environment and the, just that what the culture that you can create um, on coffee. And so I really see that in my future. Like I could see myself really wanting to continue coffee. I don't, I can't imagine life without coffee. I love that. <laughs> that is so awesome. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the website. I'm trying to okay, find it yeah. right now. I think it's about, about center. You'll okay. see a photo of my sister and I. I've got, oh, there you guys are. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Most little girls are drinking tea with their dolls. You guys are out there drinking legitimately coffee. having coffee We party. were having coffee parties. Wow. Not all the time because we were, I was a wild child, so I didn't know Well, it's because you're drinking so much espresso. I know. Right? That's why. I know. Right? Did your mom ever think of that? <laughs> I know. Right? <laughs> I know. So yeah, I've always loved it. So I've been exposed to it my whole life and would so love cool. to continue doing something with it in the future i love that isn't that funny how just like this simple resource it's just a bean honestly right yeah. it's just a little cherry thing with a bean mm -hmm. in it that's all it is how it like with the creativity oh, and yeah. god's heart and his breath and his mind he uses this little silly thing of a bean to bring people together that is so what's up with that so true and is there's so much of god in that like yeah. we did a workshop for a bunch of students it was for a big conference at our church and it was a coffee workshop and they could come and enroll in that class and just get to know more about the coffee bean. And we really did touch a lot on scripture because it's just such a pruning process, you know, with the coffee bean coming from the cherry and like transitioning into a latte that we can consume and enjoy. Yeah. It's just a continual refining and pruning process. And even with coffee trees, this is crazy. I did not know this, that they can last for like two to three years, okay. like coffee trees. Trees, but they will only grow if you continually prune them okay. and it actually creates a better bean and a better taste okay. um, when you continually refine and prune it just as God like we are all working on things we're all like sinners in our own ways and it's continually refining us into more and more his character that's awesome just as much like as like a latte is a masterpiece you know it's a lot of people and that's like took a lot of pruning and refining to become a latte that we can enjoy yeah so there's so much scripture you can touch on with even the process of it being becoming a latte that, yeah mm -hmm. i mean that reminds me of like john 15 yeah where he's talking about the father pruning and he's talking about every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit the father prunes some some of your bibles says that he takes away the branch but mm -hmm. if you actually look at the greek it's it oh, specifically yeah. talks about that was um, the scripture we talked about there you go mm -hmm. you know that he yeah. prunes he actually props up and he works on those things yeah and so it's really cool to learn about the coffee bean more because yeah. there's so much in there with scripture so what would you say, I mean, you're, yeah. you've been doing this for a while and, and obviously you're still learning and growing like we all are, Yes. Um, but I mean, <laughs> learn, you're, you're leading 80 people as volunteers <laughs> and actually, uh, have you read any of John Maxwell's leadership books? No, I really need to read okay. leadership books. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so funny. I have not really read that many leadership books. You are amazing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So anyway, John Maxwell, yes. but one of the things that I love about what John Maxwell because John yes. Maxwell is a is a world famous leader, mm. and but he's also a pastor, and he's a he's a Christian leader, but he also teaches a ton of business stuff. Yeah. One of the things he always says that really sticks out to me is he talks about how if you can lead volunteers, you can lead anybody. Basically, yeah. I mean that's that's how a leader should really. If you want to, he basically I don't know the exact way yeah. he puts it, but I mean if you want to get into leadership, start leading volunteers. For sure. Because it's different between yeah. you're not leading somebody holding, a, you know, dangling a carrot of a paycheck over them, and they have to perform. You're working with volunteers who they don't have to do their best. They don't oh, have to yeah. do anything. So as I mean, I, I salute you. I mean, I'm excited about that. Like <laughs> yeah. leading volunteers is no joke, and I've been yeah. leading volunteers for years as well, mm -hmm. and it's the hardest thing it's ever. Hard, yeah. So 
give us some leadership advice. Like everybody yeah. listening to this podcast, whether you are, you think of yourself as a leader or you are actually like leading teams of people, it doesn't matter. Leadership is just influence. Mm, yeah. That's all it is. You don't have to have a title. You don't have to have all this stuff. Leadership is just influence. You're just, sure. you're influencing those people around you. Mm-hmm. And and so, so what do you have to say to yeah. our influencers out there? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I think one of the big things was when I interviewed all the volunteers, I really like took time to get to know them. And in that, I was able to really actually drop my schedules around. I would pair them off with who I thought they would really connect with. And it was never really a friend of theirs. I wanted it Mm. to be someone that was, if it was a middle schooler, I was like, ah, I might want to partner them up with a high schooler that has a similar story as them. Mm. So they can really connect and almost have like a mentorship kind of the high school pouring into like the middle school girl Um, and just really like. I would ask them their interest and then I would make, I would kind of pair them off based on that. So I think that was one way to like empower them and want them, encourage them to stay there is just that they really connected with the people behind the counter and they like had fun together. Like that was huge. And then also just empowering them with just, like I said, having them be able to feel free to give me advice, give me feedback, actually tell me like, Hey, we want this in sunroom and not saying that I'll do it and not doing it. Cause that's the biggest thing It's that will crush your volunteer team is if you say you're going to do something and you don't actually make it happen. And so I was always really quick to write whatever they said down and then make it happen. And that just shows them that they matter, their vision matters and they are, they, they deserve to be empowered because they have good thoughts and good vision as well. That's good. And another big thing is just with leadership, you have a vision of course, but you want them to believe in the vision just as much that they start seeing as their own vision as Mm -hmm. well. It's like, you're all seeing the same thing and the same goal and the same outcome. And so by doing that again, that's just by creating good environment, empowering them and their giftings. And then also just being fun and friendly with them and being just loving to them, being patient, like I said, kind, Mm -hmm. and just someone that they can go to and actually trust and not feel like overwhelmed or intimidated by. I think leaders can sometimes be intimidating, you know, but having that healthy balance of like, yes, you can be like a friend, but also having respect enough that you're like seen as a leader as well, you know? That's good. Mm -hmm. Okay. So not, not all of our listeners, like I said earlier, are either in a position of leadership or are stepping out doing something they think is amazing for God or, or something. Like, what about the person who's just driving in their car going to work? For sure. You know, yeah. and they're just working. They're doing the best they can, you know, whatever. And life is hard. And I, I get that. But I really believe that every single person has something in them, a dream in their heart, something God has put in their heart. And it's just basically to step out and to believe him and to see something amazing happen. And I think everybody has that. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to look the same. And it's not going to look the same. Not everyone's going to go out and start a coffee shop. Not everybody yeah. should go out and start a coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, you sure. know, not everybody should do a podcast. You yeah. know? But what would you say to the person who maybe is in that in-between zone? Because you and I were both in that zone at one point where oh, it was like, sure. I, I feel like there's more. I, I don't know what it is, but I know there's more to my life. I want it to count, but I don't know what. For sure. I don't know what it is. I don't know how to get there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you're not like that because you're so driven. I mm-hmm. I know I went through a very long yeah. period of my life where I had a lot of passion and energy and I didn't exactly know what what it was going to be. And so I had this kind of moment of when I, when I started to find out what I really feel like God was calling me to do, I had this kind of big grow up moment mm-hmm. where it was like, like, like we talked about a minute ago starting something and just going for it, not having all the stars aligned, but just going for it. Yeah. So you, you know what I mean? Like there's that for weird sure. middle ground where it's like, you're not really sure what God's called you to do 
or or maybe you kind of have an idea, but you're not you might be a little afraid to go for it. I don't know. What would you what would your encouragement be to a person in that in that situation? Because I know there's a lot of us. I think a lot of it, again, has to just do with like resting and finding like stillness, mm. at least for me, because I'm definitely kind of go, go, go. And I was kind of in like a weird rut of wondering, like, OK, I feel like I'm not fully fulfilling what God's calling me to do. But then being okay with just kind of, you know, sitting still and like processing that. I'm like, I love to write out things. Like I'm a writer. And so just writing down thoughts and just things from the past that brought me joy. So it'd be like, oh, like I loved when this student did this and like kind of starting to look on past moments and then kind of drafting them all out on paper and being like, okay, clearly this makes me feel this way. Mm. And this is what I'm good at. These are my talents. And then trying to like realize like, okay, like how do I combine these moments from experiences from the past to like the feelings that I feel when I'm experiencing them and creating that into a job that fulfills all those different categories. So I think that kind of helped me. But then also, again, just really, it's so hard to take that initial step. That was the hardest part for me where there was so many, like like I was stuttering back and forth, you know, like shuffling. And then I think I also just started looking into different coffee companies. So I Mm -hmm. looked into, and if it's not coffee, it's just people that are doing similar things as you and then meeting up with them and just talking to them. I think that was huge for me. And then I was able to meet this woman that has started up five different coffee shops in like Bayside area. And she had a year of the very similar experience of Mm. like not really knowing what was next for her. And she had to fight hard to start up this coffee shop, but it's been so successful. So I think just finding like business mentors or not even business mentors, just people that are doing the same thing. But that can be intimidating too if you're uncomfortable talking to new people. But I think that's another way to just like put yourself out there for sure. And um, just get to know people that are doing the same thing and like-minded because usually they want to help and usually they have just good tools for you and ways to kind of continue that dream that you're thinking about. Yeah. I remember everything that I've done that I'm looking backward and it's like, that was a small hurdle, but like it would be today a small hurdle, but Mm -hmm. back then it was a thousand foot wall. I literally remember in my brain just thinking about taking some sort of step of faith that I wanted to believe God for or step out or do something new in my life that I really Mm -hmm. felt like I had passion for. It felt like a thousand foot wall. And I was like, I can't climb this. I can't get over this. I remember a pastor one time years ago said someone gave him advice. And so my ears perked up because this guy was kind of doing like he was, you know, a leader that I really looked up to. And he was talking about what his mentor told him. So I was like, what did did this guy say? You know, I want to get in on this. And this guy's mentor told him, he said, look, you're never going to be fully ready to do anything, really. Yeah, he's like, sure. if you, but he says, if you get 80%, if you feel 80% ready, he's like, go for it. Yeah. That's it. Totally. And so that actually has been kind of a rule in my life I've followed. I don't go for it when I'm 50%, but if I, man, if I get 80%, you know, I, I'm going to put up, put my foot on the gas yeah. and go for it. And I've noticed it. I, I'm really surprised at what I'm happens. Sure. Oh, totally. And I just remember like the startup of Sunroom, like, I remember we created our first like Instagram for it and I was just like stressed out. But at the same time, I was like, that was like the initial step. Like I had a sunroom page and like, so I think baby steps, like just like, like get your foot in the door and start doing like little steps too. Like, yes, there's a leap that probably you eventually have to take, but just starting to see like, okay, when I made that Instagram post, I was stressed, but I got a whole new just excitement within me. And then once I started doing that, it was almost just snowball effect of me continuing to like do more things. And then we started 
the, you know, Facebook page, yeah. the, you know, website. And so I think just kind of, you just got to gain momentum that's by it. like doing little steps first sometimes. So that really helped me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted to get at is the, that there's no way anyone can jump over a thousand foot wall, no. but I could do a thousand one foot walls. Totally. <laughs> Yeah, so, sometimes you have to. And that's what it was. And sometimes there's big walls that block you for a yeah, period of time, yeah, but you yeah. got to just find your way over but it. You can still do it. Yeah. yeah. So that's so encouraging. And yeah, yeah thank you. Thanks yeah, for sharing that. That's really encouraging. And yeah. I hope like, I know it's encouraging for our listeners, you know, whatever walk you're in, whatever you're doing and whatever, you know, you feel like I'm, I'm here to tell you, I believe God's got more for you. For yeah. you, Annie, for me, Justin, for you, whoever's listening out there, no matter what you're doing, how how amazing it is, what you've seen God do, he has more because he's bigger. Yeah, but I also, I do agree 100%. And then there also are the people, for example, I know this man and he's a mailman and he delivers mail and he has shown God's love yeah. more than someone that probably is a pastor in front yeah, of a whole absolutely. church. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, if you love what you do, people see that and they are like drawn to that as well. So it's just in your job, like maybe sometimes it's monotonous and you're bored and like, you're like so tired of it, but like you can continue to find mission, you know, wherever yeah. you're at. And this mailman, he takes time with everyone he delivers mail to, like he'll check in on them and he just like, everyone loves him and everyone knows yeah. him, you know? So you can really like create mission where yeah. you're at. And sometimes you don't need that big, you know, new dream or goal because you could be living your dream right now. You just haven't really tapped into your giftings in that specific job maybe yet too. That's good. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it gets easy to try to imagine it's some golden thing out there. For sure. But it could be right there. It's right in front of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And actually that's what I've had somebody ask me once. Oh, how do you, you know, how do you do anything or whatever? How do you do all this stuff? And I said, look, honestly, all you got to do is just be faithful where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And then, and then that's, that's where I heard God's voice. That's where, that's where you'll hear God's voice. If if you're trying to find what's next or whatever in your life or purpose or meaning, quit reaching out and trying to, you know, think that it's way, way out there somewhere. Although I, I'm a big proponent of goals and all that. Oh, for sure. Um, so I think that that's, there's truth to that, but I agree hundred percent, you know, look where you're at, be faithful where you're at Mm -hmm, and, and just, like you said, look for the mission and and the purpose. And Mm -hmm. because again, God has more for you where you're at, I believe like you can, you can, be be more loving, be more kind, make, make more of an impact. Yeah, for sure. So Mm -hmm. that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're seeing it. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. It was so fun. (laughs) Yeah. This is really good. Yeah. I love Sunroom and I love, I love all the volunteers. They're awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Appreciate it so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Podcast. For more resources, including previous episodes, blogs, and free downloadable content, visit us at unstoppableblog.net. You can also find us on Facebook at Unstoppable Blog. We hope this podcast has encouraged, equipped, and empowered you with meaningful insight from the Word of God to receive His promises and live a life without limits.